64 Tacos Podcasts presents Is this song good? This is episode 68 Pink Floyd High Hopes Live Welcome back to another Is This Song Good podcast, the 64 Tacos podcast. We're um, finishing up our uh, live versions of songs this week uh, with uh, my pick, which is uh, Pink Floyd, High Hopes. Um, this came from the al- the Pulse album, which is a live double album, I believe. Yep. Um, I, I purchased this when it came out, and I wasn't really a huge pink floyd fan so i'm not really sure why i bought it was it the was it the blinking light in the packaging yeah it might have been that like <laughs> I, when i see something blinking at me i'm like i i need that shiny <laughs> as a human crow you had to run over there and buy it yeah no i think i i think i heard maybe one of the songs on the radio and then they were advertising it and, and of course like a good consumer i was like i need to go out and buy that but i i was really happy that i did because it like fostered my love, my, you know, newfound love for Pink Floyd at the time. And I just, you know, went through it a bunch of times. And and this one, I'd never heard this song before, never knew it even existed. And this one just really hit home because it just has such a cinematic feel to it. And, and I just uh, like, uh, we've, and we've talked about, you know, slide guitars and stuff. And, and this has one of the best, I, I feel one of the best lap steel, uh, guitar solos mm-hmm. that uh, David Gilmore does, and it's it's even better watching it on the on the video. Um, I, I I think I watched a, a DVD of it or something, um, but uh, but it's just it's great. Like you know, he's he's at one hat one part of the stage and he's rocking out, and then and then like it, you know, he he sings the last line right before the solo, and, and then he kind of goes over to the lap steel and just just goes to town, and. Um, and and what I thought was really interesting about this one and the reason why I wanted to include it on this is that um, after I heard the song, I went and tracked down the uh, the album. I think, is it The Division Bell? The Division yep. Bell. It's Division Bell. I went and I listened to that album and I listened to the song and it doesn't hit the same way. And, and, it, and it, there, I, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just, it feels so like clean and, and perfect. And, and it just doesn't have that same type of cinematic feel and that same sort of um, emotional emphasis that, 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 that solo does at the end. Um, so yeah, what I'm saying is that I need my Pink Floyd to be a little bit dirty. <laughs> mm. And, uh, and, and I think at that time their production values and their, and the way that they were doing things was, was just not dirty enough, but the live recording managed to, um, capture that. So what are you guys' thoughts? So, um, I, I love Pink Floyd. I'm a, I'm a real big Pink Floyd fan. Um, so much to the point where the only, studio album i own of theirs is the mm. division bell mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew somebody owned it <laughs> i don't know how i got stuck in our group being the one, <laughs> being the one to buy the division bell i bought the box set and you division, bought the box set i don't think division i think momentary lapse of reasons on there but i don't think the uh division bells the division bell is set. not in the box set yeah. so i was like well i'll get division bell and then you know eventually buy the box set later i have not bought the box set to this mm-hmm. very day um 
but I, I really like the song High Hopes off of it. I was like, okay, well, there's this one song that I like on it. So, so we've, we've talked about in this series how often, you know, bands will take a song and go a completely different way, like, like, uh, Tonight Tonight did. And then you've got, um, you've got Radiohead just going down into a basement and recording a really, really laser accurate, you know, but stripped down version. And then you've got, um, uh, um, Tom Petty had this big, huge, you know, solo instrumental section at the end of the, of their song. Um, you two just, you know, just went, went complete you two on mysterious ways. And then, uh, REM just kind of had this really super intimate moment with, uh, with their medley that they did. Well, this song somehow, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I love that it's the last one we're doing in the series because they kind of managed to do all of those things that made all of those songs great in this one song. Like they changed it just enough, but it still feels very similar. Um, but it changes it just enough to where it brings this extra emotion in, into the performance, like you said, Zach. Um, and it feels just more, more real, but still it's very, very true to the album. Like if you just played one, one after the other, um, having never heard either version before, I, I don't know that you would notice the differences, but when you get into it and you, and you actually listen to this live version, it, it is, it is definitely different in a way that makes it so much more fulfilling to listen to. And I completely agree with you, Zach. Um, like I had heard the um, album version several times because it was the only Pink Floyd <laughs> that I had. So if I wanted yeah. to listen to Pink Floyd, um, that's where I was. But um, yeah, I love it. I think this is one of the best live versions of a song I've, I've heard in a while. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. I, I, I love uh, Pink Floyd. And Zach, you bought this um, Pulse for me. Um, Did like I? Back, yeah, okay. back in like 2006. Like it was like I a see. birthday thing. Um, yeah. When we were down in Arizona, you were like, here, birthday present. And it was uh, the live Pulse. And I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't something I was like looking for specifically, but I did, I did, uh, I did watch it a lot. There's a lot of great versions on there. It's a really, really good um, live, uh, sort of compilation. I think it's from a couple of different shows, but, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I remember Dave listening to, uh, um, division bell, you know, um, cause you know, you have it in your car or we you'd or, put it in the, it would accidentally come on in the hundred disc changer <laughs> or something, you know, Yeah, it would come in. No, I, I, I liked this album at first when I was sort of like a, you know, an early, you know, this came out in 94. It was the most recent, the most recent uh, Pink Floyd album when we started listening to them in around 90, 95, 96. Right. Um, and it was like, I was like, Oh cool. The new, uh, there's a new Pink Floyd album that just came out, you know, and, and I enjoyed listening to it. Now it's one of my least favorite Pink Floyd albums now in, in, in context of all their other stuff. Yes. There is a, it's, it's the old Pink Floyd argument of who was more important, you know, Gilmore or waters and I think the most people would probably come down on it doesn't matter who your favorite person, you know, main creative voice in that band was. They're both worse without each other. Yeah, um, absolutely. And this suffers from a lack of vision and bite that Roger Waters like brings. Um, now, David Gilmore's a, I think, a more a better musician, better singer, you know, better guitar player. Um, no, no offense intended to, you know, uh, if Roger Waters was listening to this album, I'm, I'm sure he'd be reasonable. Of course, you know, he, he's a reasonable man from all I can, from what I, I gather, but, um, 
there's something sort of antiseptic about this album. It's, it is very clean. It doesn't feel, it feels like they're covering a band Pink Floyd and this new band called Pink Floyd, but it's just missing a little bit. It's something. like, it's like they're trying to put out a Boston album is what it is. Yeah, they're yeah. exactly like there's, there's no like messiness. There's, there's, I think the lyrics were in large part written with uh, David Gilmore's uh, wife. Um, and they're very elegant lyrics. I don't have any real complaint, but there's there's no there's no bite. There's no bitterness. There's no you know there's no pissed off you know <laughs> anger, right. which is one of the things that really balances out with the big soaring melodies and 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 um, great uh, vocals from from Gilmore is the sort of you know the edgier side. So this album sort of became an album I never listened to anymore. Um, but I also think that even in their post Roger Waters and their live performances, um, they're, they're on, they're on sort of like not that far from parody of Pink Floyd with like the, you know, like the three or four, uh, clad in black dresses, backup singers, you know, swaying, you know, along to, uh, to the songs and the sort of like three percussionists and, you know, like it's a, it's a very elaborate thing and it, it feels like they're trying to recreate Pink Floyd, but they're not including the most, one of the most important ingredients, but that said, um, there's still something really powerful about the, their, how ambitious they are in their songwriting, what they're trying for. And I think when they play it live, it really comes to life in part because of the immediacy of the live vocals. Anytime that David Gilmore gets to stretch out and solo for a while <laughs> is a good time. Um, I, I was going to put the, um, the live version of a uh, of uh, comfortably numb on here before Zach beat me to the punch with a Pink <laughs> Floyd Pulse album, um, because that's 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 maybe my favorite David Gilmore solo record or otherwise. Um, but there's something about when he just sort of he he starts off in the same place as this as the solo on the album, but he just kind of like stretches it out and does slightly different things, and it and it feels really immediate and like it's just his touch and his tone is just so perfect. Interestingly this does sound like it could be a almost like it could be a studio recording mm-hmm. if you hadn't heard the studio recording. Right. Yeah. Because it feels very clean and, and managed, but that's, well, that's go ahead. That's, that seems to be something that pink Floyd just excels at is, and it's a testament to their, their songwriting and their, um, <clears throat> and their, their showmanship is they, it seems like they, they write the songs to be able to be played live really well. Like they don't, yeah. they, there's a deliberate in the recording. It just feels like this, this is something that will come out even better, you know, live. Yeah. It, it, it the, the sort of big scale, big gesture, mm-hmm. big light show, it, it goes well with, 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 uh, with this sort of thing. Uh, there, there, it's just a, it's a band that, sort of invented prog rock while never being never being a prog rock band. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Like they're not incredibly like ambitious when it comes to, you know, technical playing or um, like time signatures, you know, they, they just sort of, they, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not Mozart's or, you know, they're not, they're not uh, Steve Vai's. They're not going crazy, but they have the ambition of uh, of of, of uh, what they're what they're going for this this big statement, and um and, and they they pull it off uh, really well. And yeah, these these live performances are awesome. 
And once you've heard the live performance, it undermines the studio one a little bit because you're like, <laughs> this is this is a little a little bit too clean, a little bit too controlled. There's it's missing something. And I think that's the thing that they lost when Waters moved on. Like th- there's a lot of good songwriting on the last couple albums. Uh, oh, one other thing I wanted to mention while we're talking about later albums is, of course, we didn't notice at the time, but um, the Endless River, the the second to last line in the song is is the name of the final pink floyd album which came out a few years ago yeah. sort of wrapping it all up uh pink floyd album and i thought that was kind of neat which you know i listened to the song a bunch of times and the endless server is a cool a cool little shard of, of of lyric but you know it was I, I had forgotten about that and didn't put the two together then i was listening to it and he says then he sings the endless river and i was like oh yeah endless river that's right and then yeah. they, they ended up using yeah. that for that last album but yeah it, it is it's all predictable you know where it's going there's nothing there's nothing um, incredibly inventive about it. It's just like let's write a big long eight minute song and let's let's have a big old guitar solo at the end. Let's do this, and that's you know, hey, I'm not going to complain. That's 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 pretty good as long as uh, Gilmore's playing guitar. Yep. Yeah. Or lap steel. Yes. Either, yes, yes. Either way, like he's ju- he just can do it all. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else we want to say about uh, high hopes? No, I don't think no? so. Um, that's going to wrap up our our live version series here. Um, I hope you enjoyed it and we should have a new series coming out relatively soon. Hopefully we don't wait another six months before the next one gets going. We'll wait as long as we want. <laughs> You'll like it. <laughs> or you won't. Either yeah, way, or, you know, yeah. your, your choice. Okay. I caught it on audio. (laughs) 